right, welcome back to the Super Syntex podcast. Uh, talking Central Texas high school football alongside DJ Ramirez. DJ, how are you? All right. And then Chad Conine. Chad, you doing okay? A good DJ just grabbed a hat, but I can't tell what hat it is. Navy. Navy, Navy baseball. Oh, I like it. Uh, so, guys, just like that, we are here in week 11. Um, each year, the end of the regular season is rife with developments. Uh, you got you have teams playing for district championships. You have teams playing for playoff seating, some for playoff spots. Um, so, you know, there's always a lot of things going on, a lot of, a lot of factors. So let's get into a few of those. Uh, first, here's a very <coughs> interesting district championship battle. Excuse me, that we probably would have never predicted at the start of the season, and that is Belton at University. Um, now, Elgin is also still in the mix in that district in terms of uh, they could work their way into a, a share of the district title, and then it would come down to tiebreakers. But um, certainly with a win, uh, University is assured of no less than a than a share of the title. Um, so we've talked about how much a playoff spot would mean to university this year, but a district title, that's like next level stuff. You know, they were 0 10 last year to go from worst to first. Uh, that's a big deal. Um, so beyond the consideration that Kent Laster would get for super syntax coach of the year, I'm, I know that we would consider him in that, uh, in that area. Do you think that, you know, if he did that, he might get some statewide attention? DJ, what do you say? Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, last year they were 0-10, and this year they're contending for a district title. They've got their first playoff. I was actually on the phone with Kent Laster this morning, and um, I I think he said that the last time they clinched a share was 1996. Mm. and like 1950-something for an outright Mm. title. So it's been a while, and I think the community would really, uh, you know, be excited about that. And um, I I think – I don't see a reason why he wouldn't get statewide attention, uh, especially with how he's gotten all of uh, his players to really buy in and um, play play well this year. Yeah. Chad? You know, not to put um, too much pressure on them at this point because they've they've had such a great season and and it's it's worthy of acknowledgement no matter what they do the rest of the way. But you know, a win against Belton um, or either way, a win in your first playoff game for University, um, I, I think that if people around the state didn't acknowledge it and didn't look at it, they'd really be missing out on something because. You've got university, a university program that didn't win a game last year, and you go from not winning a game to getting in the playoffs and winning a game. Um, and then, and then you look at the, uh, you look at the big picture of um, when they were last good, and and you get a chance to shine a light on Leroy Coleman and what he did, you know. And of course, we lost him this year, and mm. and um, you know to kind of bring in Leroy Coleman into the picture a little bit just for the sake of storytelling and then, and then highlight what Kent Laster is. And I think it's just a fantastic story that, uh, that should have statewide recognition. Well, uh, DJ's notes about, you know, when the last 
time was, that's that's pretty incredible because uh, you know, 96 for a share in 1950, what? I'm not really sure what it was sometime in the 1950s. <clears throat> okay. I mean, that's that's a long time. <laughs> um, and as Chad said, of course, 96, Leroy Coleman was coaching them. Uh was Ladanian still there? Ninety six, that might be. That was that was Ladanian's senior year. Yeah, Ladanian senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you're talking about some some legendary U- university Trojan there, uh, and that's what I mean. I mean, just the the chance to highlight that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Now I do feel like if he got some statewide attention, it would probably be from uh, people like Dave Campbell's Texas football. Um, I'll just, you know, this is going a little deep here, but uh, on the Texas Sports Riders All-State team, they have uh, a coach of the year for each classification as well. And usually on that one, and, and this is no knock on uh, our our colleague Robert Cessna at the Brian Eagle, who has a thankless job in compiling all the nominations for that Texas Sports Rider team. Uh We've done the Super Syntax nominations before. That's just for our area. I can't even fathom doing mm-hmm. the entire freaking state. Uh, anyway, all that to say, usually that all-state voting comes down to, uh, like, four guys. And it's the the two coaches who coached in the, let's say, the 5A Division One state championship game and the two coaches who coached in the 5A Division II state championship game. And I feel like in that case, the All-State team is missing the boat a little bit on what makes a good coach of the year candidate. Because- well, we got we to gotta see about that this year because we get to that point. I'll just say this. If university is playing Thanksgiving week uh-huh. and he's not a nominee and he doesn't win it, they've done it wrong. All right. Well, we can certainly – uh, it's not like we don't have uh, Robert Cessna's nomination. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, we could certainly uh, make that case for him. Um, so another game with some implications this week. It comes in District 8, 2A Division 1. We've talked a lot about this district. Let's just call it the Crawford District because <laughs> they pretty much have owned it. Uh But it has been still a fun district in that league. Um, So Crawford. Marlin, Rosebud Lot, they've clinched their spots. That leaves one spot left. And Riesel and Bosqueville are fighting it out for that spot. Um, so it's been a little more clear, it's a little more clear cut for Riesel. Tyler Crow's team would be in with a win. Bosqueville, meanwhile, it gets a little more complicated. Um Probably would work out where if Bosqueville won, they probably would get the fourth spot. They have the tiebreaker over Moody. They do not over Valley Mills. So if Valley Mills wins, and Valley Mills, I think, has – I'd have to look that up. I I have a whole email that I sent to Michael Haig, who was covering that game for us. Um, so anyway, there could be a tiebreaker situation, and there's even a tiebreaker situation where Bosqueville, Valley Mills, Riesel, and Moody all end up tied for fourth, which would then come into point differential and that kind of thing. But um, forget all that for a second. Riesel, Bosqueville, who are you picking in this game? Okay, before I answer that, Valley Mills is playing Marlin 
That's okay. I thought I thought that was right. I just didn't want to say it wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, that pretty much makes go- it clean cut. It it pretty much does. I mean, we we here have to acknowledge that upsets happen, and mm-hmm. I I mean, it's not quite as big an upset. It's not. It's not even in the realm. But I didn't expect Valley Mills to beat Boscoville last week, honestly. So there you go. What were you gonna say, DJ? Um, I was going to answer your question. I yes. think I'm going to take Bossyville as the underdogs here. Um, but I still think they have a pretty good chance. It's like, n- not to like, yeah, hey, that regional isn't two- good, but like, I feel like they're pretty even there and, and they can, they, Bossyville can definitely win this game. Yeah. One note about that, uh, that I sent our friend, Michael, uh, so Clint Xander's been there again. I have to look this up. It's either 14 or 15 years. Uh, they've never, never not. That's a double negative, but it works in this situation. They've never not made the playoffs under Clint Xander. You could also use the phrase. They've never missed the playoffs. They've never missed the playoffs. Thank Mr. You. Sports editor. Yes. If I had had a little more time to think about that. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Answer that question, butthead. <laughs> Uh, I would lean towards Riesel, mm-hmm. but I, I was looking at it, trying to like decipher a, an edge in the picking, and there's really not one. Um, you can't look at, you know, the comparative results and be like, well, Riesel's got an edge here. I just think that, um, you know, for whatever reason, Bosqueville has had a tough season, and you know, maybe they rise up and win this game and get back in the playoffs, you know, for the however many straight year in a row. Uh, I w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean toward – I'm going to pick Riesel. I'll just straight up say it. Yeah, I, I'm leaning that way too just because of the way they're trending. Uh, that, that, you know, loss to Valley Mills was a little eyebrow-raising for me, you know. I mean, it was a close game. I think it was 32-29. Uh, so Bosqueville was in it. But Riesel's kind of trending a little more up, and Bosqueville's trending a little more down. But we'll see. I agree with DJ that it it feels a little like a toss-up game for sure. Um, one other interesting note uh, about that game. Um, so Clint Zander, Bosqueville's coach from Riesel. He was a Super Syntex uh, lineman back in the day. Uh, and I believe I'm correct on this. His head football coach at Riesel was Todd Harbor, who was Baylor's track and field coach for a long time. Um, obviously, Todd also coached track and field at Riesel. Uh, that was kind of his forte. But anyway, some just little nuggets for you here uh, on the Super Syntex podcast. Um, so I want to talk a little defense. Uh, touchdowns always sort of draw more attention than tackles. And we certainly have talked a lot about some of the great offensive players we've seen this year. Um, among those, Kiefer Sibley. We've certainly given Kiefer his due. Cash McCollum, Junior Thornton, Jaden Porter at Lorena, uh, plenty of others. But I'm curious, who is a player or maybe two on the defensive side of the ball that You've come. Well, you've walked away from a game and said, "Man, yeah, I'm impressed with that guy." 
Well, I could give you a whole list mm. <laughs> from like a bunch of different places. Um, you talk about Lorena and Lucas Ragsdale mm. has really stepped up for them. I feel like defensively, they kind of dropped off from where they might have been last season. And mm-hmm. um, not that they're still not good, but a lot of the reason why they've um, been successful on defense this season is because of Lucas Ragsdale. I mean, he's got 140 tackles, and that's third most in uh central texas yeah um only behind gatesville slauson mooney and hillsboroughs esri and emory who i haven't seen play but like looking at those numbers it's pretty impressive yeah esri and emory i will just jump in here when you look at stats each week i'm just blown away by that guy he has 100 and i think he has 169 tackles uh which in nine games, I mean, yeah, he's right around, what, 18 or something a game? Man, that's a lot. Anyway, yeah. not to interrupt yeah. you. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah, no, and then just like other names that come to mind, like out in West, Zane Harper and even Easton Paxton, who, I mean, Zane Harper has 12 sacks mm. and uh, Easton's got five interceptions. And yeah. that's most in Central Texas as well. Um, you think, you know, we were talking about university, uh, Tyarek Wagner. Mm-hmm. I feel like been a really big part of that defense. And the university's defense has been probably its most consistent piece mm. so far this season. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, I could I could go on and on and rattle off a bunch of different names, but th- but those guys I feel like really stand stood out to me. Those are some good ones. And, uh, you know, you mentioned university you know, you feeling like that was their most consistent unit, the defense, that's pretty incredible because they've had a pretty explosive offense too. So that, that you know, it kind of speaks to my point that a lot of times we were a little uh, amazed by the offense, you know, and, and we get, uh, you know, sort of enamored with it. But, but yeah, that part of the ball really matters. The side of the ball really matters. Chad, what do you say? Well, uh, I, I, Saw Marlon play the other night, and uh, the uh, Marlon radio broadcast really clued me in to some of the great players on the Marlon defense, including mm. Prayer Jones. Prayer who, Jones. Uh, he was a great one in our uh, high school football questionnaire back in the summer. Mm-hmm. He had some really good answers. I like Well, Prayer he Jones. also he made the state meet in the, in the shot put he did. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the uh, Marlon – Bulldog radio broadcaster whose name escapes me. I'll get that on the podcast next week because he was he was the all time great. I was so entertained and, and <laughs> enjoyed watching the game with him last week. But he, when when Prayer Jones would get back in the backfield and make a sack, which he did several times, he said we call him "Say a Prayer Jones" because when he gets <laughs> back there, you better say a prayer. <laughs> I like it. I like that it. was fantastic. Tyron which, ring my bell was a yeah. linebacker, and here's the thing that, that jumped to out to, when I talked to Ruben Torres after the game. He said. He's the best he's ever seen at the inside linebacker spot. Not the best he's ever coached, the best he's ever seen, right? That's that's high praise. I mean, Tyron Bell was our Super Centex defensive newcomer of the year last year right. as a freshman. Uh, certainly sounds like he's still getting it done as a sophomore. Right, right. Uh, one more guy and another. Well, this isn't his nickname, but back when I was in high school at Midway and even middle school, I think. There was a kid and his cousin, and both of them were known as Joe Nono Caballero. 
and uh, university has a Joe Caballero, and I don't know if he, I don't know if his nickname is Nono as well, but uh, <laughs> he's making a lot of tackles and saying you ain't going any farther than this. No, no, no. <laughs> I like that. I like that. These are some good nicknames. Uh, I'll mention a couple guys on the six A level that I saw. Uh, Torian York, who's down at Temple. Uh, Temple, a little on the fringe of our area, and we don't talk a, a lot about him, but. Uh, Torian York is a Baylor commit, um, linebacker, and two-time district defensive player of the year, and he has earned that superlative. He's he's a playmaker. He's just all over the place. Uh, they've used him a little bit on offense, which anytime you play two ways uh, on in the 6A level, that shows your athletic ability, I think. But Torian York <laughs> is a ball player and one I know that Baylor will be – happy to get on campus. Uh, and then, um, you know, Midway's defense had some issues this year. It's offense had some issues too, but uh, if you got the edge, a lot of times on Midway, you were gone. Um, that said, there was a kid um, on Midway's defense, Adrian Melvin, who ended up with probably right around a hundred tackles on the season, 10 tackles a game. He was easily their best defensive player played safety he would be good on any team in our area i mean he's that kind of player you know he's just solid high school safety will he get a lot of college looks i don't think probably on the d1 level because of his size um but i do feel like he's got a chance to play somewhere and uh, adrian melvin's season definitely deserves uh deserves a mention uh, so finally, guys, um, let's just put it out there. The schedule is in flux. <laughs> uh, this is a weird week here in week 11. We've got a little weather rolling in on a Friday night. And as such, we should mention that a large number of games and this this uh, number could be uh, growing. Who knows? They, of course, have to get with their officials and get all the details worked out. But anyway, a large number have moved to. Uh, Thursday night from Friday night. Uh, so hashtag trib Thursday night. Uh, actually, so when Krista Pertle was here, uh, it was funny. I liked this. She would tweet out the score of a game that she was doing on Thursday or something. And, um, and she would use hashtag trib Friday night. And then she would use another hashtag, even though it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so two hashtags that takes up a lot of space, but um, anyway, my question isn't so much about the schedule in general. We'll figure that out, but um, you guys, so football isn't baseball. If it rains, they don't always, you know, not play. Uh, we've seen games, football games over the years played in all conditions you know, from rain to snow to really, really cold um, fog. I remember, Chad, this going back a while. You probably remember this one. Remember the Bears-Eagles playoff game that was played yep. in the fog? That was in the early 90s. Eerie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so my question is this. What is your favorite kind of football weather? And it could be good weather. <laughs> So, DJ, what do you say? Um, well, yeah, I'd like it to be good weather. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. 
I don't oh when I was at Madisonville on Friday and I drove out there it was in the rain was like it wasn't like terrible but you still kind of had to be real careful mm. like in especially all, in, on all those back roads um and I get there and the the bleachers are like really high and really steep <laughs> to get to the press box and I'm like wearing sneakers but like I I was just like praying that I didn't slip or something because especially on the way down, I try to catch uh, coach Garrick before mm-hmm. I left, but like getting down those bleachers took me at least six or seven minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah I, I would say, I would say rain is not ideal to me. Rain. I don't think would be the correct answer here, but go on. Um, I, I kind of just like, like fall weather. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. be shivering, mm-hmm. um, but I also would like, like, to be able to have a little bowl of chili, maybe some yeah. hot chocolate. I'm watching the, you know. Yes, that's that yeah. is the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's the right answer. If if you need uh if you need a beanie, then okay. yeah, maybe you put it up over the top, right? Yeah. Like just cool and crisp enough. Yeah. Where a jacket is essential and a beanie is, is probably right there too. You know. That's probably just about perfect. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. When uh, the season starts for us, obviously it's in August and it's still freaking sweltering hot and it just never completely feels like football. Um, So when you get to, let's say, October, that's probably when the first time it's going to get a little cool. and you get you walk outside and that just that little bit of crisp air hits you it's like oh okay this is fall yeah this is what this is supposed to feel like and that to me feels like football i will say um dj about you were talking about the rain so uh yeah last week in flugerville it wasn't quite as bad but it rained a little bit uh, on the way down to flugerville um but it was it was cool i wouldn't say cold it was cool um and uh my wife was in the stands janet was in the stands she had you know she was bundled up appropriately she had a blanket um my brother and his family came to the game and they were not dressed appropriately which is sort of typical of my brother and his family (laughs) and uh so janet texts me in the like the third quarter and says and we were gonna go you know, get something after the game at like Waterbury, you know, maybe an ice cream or something just so I could see him. And uh, she texted me and said, yeah, Demby and his family are leaving. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, you know, they, they couldn't make it like one of his daughters, one of his teenage daughters was there like a spaghetti strap tank top. I mean, come on, you know, read, read the forecast, but, uh, and Don't then I'll mention- your brother and niece. yes i hope he's not watching the podcast um he's not but (laughs) uh one other thing i will mention when i was in college we had a snowstorm Uh, i went to college in central oklahoma small school oklahoma baptist and uh and we all looked outside there was snow all over the ground we said we need to play a football game and (laughs) we did and it was the it was the most awesome game ever. I mean, it was the snowball, we called it. And it was so fun. Uh, like, 
I don't want to say tackles don't hurt in the snow, but uh, they kind of don't. I mean, you're you're you got this sort of padding. I mean, everybody's bundled up first of all, but then. Um, yeah, man, that game was fun. It was just this, and and, you, and like DJ said, with the the wet stairs. I mean, you really had no footing. You were just kind of waddling around out there. But, but but man, it was it was a great time. And so I I like a good snow game. Uh, you don't get a lot of those in Texas. You don't get hardly any of them. No, you really don't. Our snowstorm, those come in like February, and they shut down the. Entire- <laughs> I have, oh my gosh, I have such a um uh I don't know how to explain like the right adjective for it, but that snowstorm was my senior year of college and I was living in the studio out right off of um Highway Six, mm-hmm. like University Parks heading out to Highway Six, and the pipes froze in my ceiling and flooded the ceiling and so the ceiling came down mm. and so my friends always joke that I like lost ceiling privileges and that's kind of how we refer to that whole event <laughs> um but it was like frozen outside and I was on the second floor so like getting all the stuff down like I I ate it going down the stairs and I just land at this pile of snow at the bottom of the stairs and I'm oh, just like man. Just sitting there like like, why is this happening? <laughs> you should just make like a snow angel while you're down there. <laughs> yeah. And like the stairs were made out of metal. So that was fun. Oh, um, ouch. yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was an interesting senior year. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, uh, what did we call it? Snowmageddon. Yeah. That was a time for sure. Uh, so usually I, I mentioned to our viewers where you guys are going to be. It's such in flux that <laughs> I'm like afraid to do that, but no, DJ will be at Belton and University when it when it whenever that game is. Uh Chad, you were originally gonna go to Dawson and Wortham. We'll figure that out. <laughs> um in fact, why don't we call a rap and try to discuss a little bit of that now? Let's do that. Uh so I'm gonna hit uh so long on the podcast and um when can edit it out from here. <laughs> Just in case, let's not say anything uh, incriminating. Yeah. So, uh, see y'all at the games. <laughs>